This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. I'm your host, Faith. So I want to talk about a video I saw on YouTube because I think it's an excellent topic of conversation. I was on the YouTubes doing as one tends to do, and I saw this video by a YouTuber named Jenna Brown. And the title of the video is Why I Stopped Watching Kelly Stamps. And so if you don't know, Kelly Stamps is like a really popular black girl on YouTube. She's like the quirky, awkward, eccentric black girl relatable black girl kind of trope and so she blew up she got like really famous after just like one year of being on YouTube she's pretty lucky and so Jenna Brown is a really small content creator on YouTube who basically just talks about why she unsubscribed from Kelly Stamps's YouTube channel and her issues with jealousy but before I continue just want to say thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast there's like a lot of you who are listening in. Feel free to DM me with your questions or thoughts on Instagram because that's typically where I am the most active. So I'll always love to hear from you guys. Don't be afraid to reach out. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate it five stars because you love it that much on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to leave a review. I mean, I love reviews. It's good stuff. We love that here. So that being said, let me just let Jenna kind of speak for herself. I stopped watching Kelly Stamps. I made a community post about this today because I wasn't sure if I was going to make a video about it because I know there are going to be some people who think that I'm just using her name in the title for views. And you can think that if you want, but I just really wanted to talk about this. Most of you found my channel through Kelly Stamps. I know some of you don't. You found me through other videos I've made, but a lot of you found me through her. You've all seen my Walmart brand Kelly Stamps video, which I kind of hate now. I refuse to watch that video again. And then I made a video thanking her for sharing my video because she did that, which was really nice of her. And then in January of this year, I made a video sharing my honest opinion about Kelly Stamps. And this video is an even more honest opinion because I felt like in that video, I was kind of sugarcoating the section where I talked about jealousy because I didn't want to seem bitter. But today I'm going to try not to sugarcoat anything and I'm going to be completely honest. When I found Kelly Stamps' channel in April of 2020, I really loved her. I loved her content. I loved her personality. I think she had like 65,000 subscribers when I found her from one of her YouTube advice videos. And I was really happy for her success over the summer of last year. Like when she hit 100k it was a fun time it seemed very new and refreshing and i loved it but now that it's been over a year since i've been watching her and it just doesn't feel like how it used to sometimes i feel like her content is a little bit monotonous and kind of samey i mean i'm guilty of that too there's only so much you can do when a global panda express is going on but i mean she's traveling 
So I guess that's not stopping her. But to me, her content wasn't entertaining me in the way it did last year when I first found her channel. I was just getting too used to her personality and her sarcasm. Like I was used to it. I already knew what to expect, but I kept watching her videos because, you know, I was kind of invested in the story. I wanted to see what she was gonna be up to next, but it wasn't until earlier this week, well, today's Thursday, so like a couple days ago, I stopped watching her. I unsubscribed, I unfollowed her on Instagram. And the reason is because I was jealous of her. So, okay. I just wanted to let y'all hear a little bit of what she had to say, but definitely go to YouTube and watch Jenna Brown's video on this because I thought it was fascinating. It's a really good character study. So I applaud this young woman for being honest and truthful about the nature of female jealousy, but I wanted to expand a lot on this because I have seen some things on social media and now that I have been in the game for a bit, I think I can lend some advice and give you some insight. So first and foremost, let's talk about Kelly Stamps. Now, I had to actually watch some Kelly Stamps videos because I hadn't really seen anything. But yes, Kelly Stamps is the relatable black girl who wears her own hair. It's quirky and awkward. She's very skinny, but still cute in a very approachable way, right? And so when I watched her videos, I was like, I see why she's popular. She's easy on the eyes, but not too pretty to where you can be super jealous of her. And she has a decent sense of humor and she seems to be a likable person. Very genuine and very good at editing her videos. She tells a story about her life and her trying to figure out stuff, you know? When I watched her, her oldest videos on her YouTube channel, it was about stuff that was like very relatable. She didn't go to college. Well, actually she did. She did go to college for a few years and then dropped out. She lived with her parents and then decided to move to the big city. She moved across the country to New York City to start a new life. And she got a really small apartment. She was in a room. Actually, she was roommates with someone for quite some time. So she had a roommate and she was paying a lot of money to, to live in a closet. But she was documenting her journey and she got a full-time job. And so basically the beginning of her channel is just vlogs and her making this big change in her life. A lot of people got invested very early on in her YouTube channel because she was telling a story. It was a relatable story. A confused 20-something who doesn't have much, dropped out of college, and is not sure what to do about life, who suddenly gets famous and has to reconcile with that. That is a story. And so Kelly Stamps is very good at telling her story. Now, here's the problem. The relatable Black girl trope is becoming more of a thing now. And I actually appreciate it, but it also has its cons. So before I can talk about the relatable black girl, I have to just talk about relatable girls in general. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I would say Emma Chamberlain really made the relatable girl trope like super marketable. She was one of the, the people that just really sticks in my mind in terms of making everyday common things super interesting. She had the quirky personality. She was cute, but not too cute. And it seemed like she had a very bleh life, but she was able to make the mundane fascinating. And so people related to that. But I think the problem 
is that for one, we make the upper middle class lifestyle, at least for white people, we've made the upper middle class lifestyle like the default when that's not the default for most people. Like Emma Chamberlain was not rich, but she certainly wasn't poor either. And so this reminds me how, how when I go on TikTok, I'll see a lot of these white kids doing like shower routines and showing off their house. And they have like their own individual rooms. Like all the siblings have their own individual rooms and they don't hardly ever have to share a bathroom. And their parents are still married and they live in this big house with the upstairs and a downstairs and a basement. That's not everybody. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't have that kind of money. A lot of us don't even have houses. Some of us live in apartments. So to see like these white kids, women and, you know, girls and boys in high school and middle school living this life and making it seem like the default for some of us POC kids, it feels like a fantasy to even be that normal everyday black white kid in the suburbs who just their life is just so monotonous and boring and there's nothing really particularly interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like there's nothing too dramatic or special to really derail their life. Everything is so safe and secure and stable. And it's like they want to break away from that. And so they get into trouble and they do stupid things and they start a YouTube channel for fun and get millions of subscribers kind of thing. This is not to downplay the lived reality of their, their experiences. I'm just saying objectively, there is a worse reality. Um, we think about high schoolers and we think about the American privileged white kids who just are bored with life and nothing really seems to touch them. And so when I think about like the relatable trope in general, there does seem to, there seems to be an element of privilege. You know what I mean? And so in a way, I think that's why the relatable black girl trope is kind of refreshing because it shows awkward, kind of nerdy or weird black girls who kind of easy on the eyes, strategically vulnerable, but are a bit more relatable in that maybe they don't have that secure family background. I can't comment on Kelly Stamps' financial situation before she got famous. I'm just saying, a lot of POC kids like the representation and they also like the idea of being totally lost, not having that cushion of an education or a college degree to fall on. We're just kind of like castaways, drifting in an ocean of nihilism and nothingness until we finally wash ashore onto greatness unexpectedly. That's what happened to Kelly Stamps. She's living the dream that we all have of being a famous YouTuber who doesn't really have to work as hard as other people. You know what I'm saying? Like she works hard, but does she really kind of thing? Like you just tell your life story. There's objectively like really worse jobs out there. So I think in a way the relatable black girl trope is nice because we don't have to always see the Instagram baddies get all the attention. We can get uh, a remix of the relatable girl trope with the black girl who is kind of similar, but also has some very important differences. So, you know, in a way, I appreciate the relatable black girl trope, but it does have its limitations. Just like the relatable girl trope in general, a strategic vulnerability. Kelly Stamps and others like her only show us what they want us to see. And like, they're telling a story and leaving out a lot of the details that can make it not less... The details that they're leaving out could kind of change her perception of Kelly, but also of her situation. She's not telling you all the time she's cried because she moved to a new city and she's scared and she doesn't know what to do. I can tell you about this because I did it myself. When I was 23... I moved to a completely new state for a job right after college and I didn't know anyone there. It was lonely. 
And although it was exciting, it was scary at the same time. Kelly's not showing you all those complex emotions. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's it's superficial. It, it scratches the surface. But that's the whole point. It's supposed to be marketable. It's refreshing because it's a Black girl, but it's a remix of a trope and a story we already know. Kelly Stamps is now successful. She's famous. And so what made her famous, she's slowly losing it, the grasp of because now it's not as relatable. What happens when you're the relatable black girl, but now you buy Chanel bags? And Jenna Brown talks about this in her video, which I think is so important. A lot of black girls who have been working on YouTube for a very long time don't have the success that Kelly Stamps has. And so when they look at Kelly, yes, it's inspirational, but there also could be a little bit of envy because she is perfect, perfectly marketable. Right size, right shape, right face. She's she just right, just right for the brand deals, just right for the fame and the attention. She was one of those people that's like perfectly selected by the algorithm to be successful. And now that she's already at that point, it kind of seems inevitable in a way. Girls like her on YouTube tend to do well. They know exactly the right levers to push to be successful. She just has it. And so there's a lot of Black girls who don't have it. That it factor. And Jenna's one of them. And Jenna herself said something that was kind of startling. She called herself a Walmart brand uh, Kelly Stamps, which kind of shows that she was already really invested in Kelly Stamps' story and was seeing herself in Kelly but in a negative way, because now she's comparing somebody else's mundane activities to her mundane life. And that's a problem. You know, that's a problem with the relatable girl trope in general, is that these people are marketing themselves as strategically relatable. But they're not telling us the bad sides, the bad parts. So you remember how on Instagram, on social media, everybody used to try to live like a star? They used to you know, portray themselves as super popular, super edgy, super cool, super woke. They had to be the best of the best. That used to be the thing. On Instagram, everyone had to be attractive, highly filtered. Everyone had to know exactly the right things to say, the right caption, the right filter. Everything had to be perfect. Now things are different. Now it's anti-perfect. You are anti-perfect. You have to be, you have to have all these imperfections. You have to be a quote-unquote weirdo, quote-unquote geek, quote unquote, lame. You're not supposed to be like the popular kids. You're counterculture. But even that is like controlled opposition because now what we're experiencing is, yes, people are not showing the highlight reels of their life in the same way, but it's still a highlight reel. It's highly curated. It's not the reality of your situation. Sometimes you're just showing us a story, a movie that highlights your imperfections in exactly the right way but you're not showing us the flaws that will make us not like you, the things that make you kind of annoying. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, those awkward, cute, eccentric girls in real life can be kind of grating, kind of annoying, kind of self-absorbed and self-important. Kelly's not showing you that aspect. She's only showing you exactly the things that you want to see. And so what ends up happening is something more sinister. Instead of comparing ourselves in our lives to the highlight reels and the glamour of somebody else's, we're, comp we're, we're comparing the mundane part of our existence to what seems to be the mundane part of somebody else's existence. And we begin to say, oh, that person's life must be so much better than mine. But we don't know that, right? 
it highlights in some weird way income inequality and just how sometimes, unfortunately, some of us do have better lives than other people. Like even on Kelly Stamps' worst day, could it be as bad as mine? I don't know. There's something to be said for being poor. There's something to be said for making five figures a month. Your worst day may not compare to somebody else's who doesn't know if they're going to be able to eat tonight kind of thing. And I know nobody wants to do that. And I know, you know, no one wants to invalidate the truth of their experiences to somebody else's. But there is an objective reality that we all experience. And unfortunately, some people's mundane life, a so-so day and Kelly Stamps's life may be a great day in mine. It just kind of depends. And so I think that's the dangerous part about this is because we are not comparing ourselves to influencers or celebrities. And as much as we're comparing ourselves to real people who don't want to be perfect and never purported themselves to be. And so their imperfections seem so cute and nuanced and special and our imperfections are ugly and undesirable. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to be a black girl that sees other black girls on social media and feels that jealousy, that that sneaking feeling coming up. When Jenna talks about in her video that she found herself slowly hate watching Kelly Stamps, I was like, that's so fascinating because a lot of people do this. They, they get so invested in your life. And at first, they're your biggest fans. At first, they're the people who love you so much. And they're just so, they just like you and your personality. And they see themselves in you. But there's like a discernible shift that happens. And it's not always because you receive success. Sometimes it just happens out of nowhere. They start to hate watch your content. This is the fickle nature of being a social media content creator is that people are so fickle. One day they will like you and the next day they will hate you. And, you know, the good thing about Jenna is that she's not a spiteful person, which I commend her on her honesty and her self-awareness. She became aware that she was hate watching another black woman for no reason and took a step back and unsubscribed, which is the preferable method. But not everybody takes that method. Some people are really brutal. Some people, they become your biggest fans and then your worst enemy. And with the same passion that they like all your videos and model themselves after you and comment under on, on your stuff and share it and like and support, that same energy switches and become your worst enemy. And they talk so much crap about you. And in a weird way, they become a nightmare because they, they start to hate you. I see this all the time on social media. Um, it's like the smallest, imperceivable things that can cause someone to switch. In Kelly Stamps' case, it was her success, though. And that, in and of itself, is a whole thing. That is a whole other conversation, which we will get into. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that the nature of celebrity has changed so much. We're not obsessing over traditional celebrities After the pandemic, I don't think traditional celebrities are as important as they think they are. And I kind of think, too, regular celebrities, like the traditional celebrities, the singers, the the artists, the musicians, the, the, the actors, I think they know that we don't care about them as much anymore. We've replaced them with everyday people who are content creators because the content creators are the ones who are churning out content and keeping us entertained. They're the ones posting all the time on TikTok and Instagram. And on YouTube, they're keeping us entertained. 
And they're keeping us distracted from all the crazy stuff happening with this pandemic and the government and everything else. So they're way more important than traditional celebrities because celebrities need the, the TV and the makeup crew and all this other stuff to even be somebody. Content creators just are. They just are. And they are, content creators, an embodiment of our values and what we care about in the moment. They have their finger on the pulse of social media culture. So they are highly relevant, right? But unfortunately, unfortunately, we have become accustomed to displacing traditional celebrities with regular people and bestowing that same level of idolatry and hatred that we have for celebrities on regular people who just happen to make content and happen to make a lot of money from it. And it can be kind of dangerous because that puts a lot of pressure on these content creators. We're human beings after all. I mean, I'm a content creator and sometimes I feel undeserving of the attention I'm getting because I'm not doing anything special. I'm a regular person with regular problems. I have a lot of problems, y'all. So it's kind of weird to see myself get the attention that I'm getting and people think I'm famous now. I'm not even famous, guys, but some people think I am. So, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's strange because in a weird way, it's like, yes, I'm making money doing this, but I, I'm not what y'all think I am sometimes. And I don't know how to reconcile that feeling of being a fraud, but also not really being fraudulent because I haven't pretended to be anything I'm not. It just seems that people have an elevated view of you than is realistic or that you have of yourself, which can be kind of dangerous once they realize that projection of who you are is false. But let's get into the jealousy because this, this is something. The jealousy is something else. So listen, I appreciate Jenna for being truthful about her experience and just being honest, right? Because a lot of women get jealous of other women, but they won't call it what it is. They have this sense of pride because they don't think that, they think that their actions are hidden and that their intentions are hidden when it's obvious when another woman is jealous of you. And so one thing I've specifically found with Black women is that when you are on the come up, when you are down on your luck, when you are broke, that's when you are a relatable Black girl. Because see, the relatable white girls, they start from a position of privilege. The default for them is privilege. The default for them is upper middle class living. We consider that to be, quote unquote, normal for white folks. But if you're an upper middle class Black girl, people consider that wealthy for Black folks, which is not accurate. I'm just saying, I don't think people really have a good understanding of what it means to be actually wealthy. So whenever a black girl has anything that's not a necessity and it's just like something that she wants, we consider that to be wealthy or rich when it's really not. The girls just happen to be, happen to be upper middle class. This matters because with Kelly, People were relating to her story across the board of all races because she's a 20-something just trying to figure it out. And, you know, she's this girl who dropped out of college and she's just awkward and, you know, and eccentric and she makes funny jokes that are relevant for Gen Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, she hit all the right notes. But what happens when your whole brand is being relatable and, like, suddenly you're not that, right? Because now you're jet-setting across the country, for no reason. Now you're making famous YouTuber friends. Now you're buying designer clothes and bags. You make five figures a month and now you're telling everyone. So the illusion of you being relatable is shattered. You're no longer the 20 something who is trying to find her way. You found your way. You know what you're going to do for the foreseeable future. You're going to create content. But guess what? 
now that you're successful, you got where you want to go, but people are now trying to figure out how you fit into their life because you're no longer that relatable black girl they used to know. Being rich and black does not make you relatable. And what Jenna was saying was just beyond the riches, beyond the, the financial stability that Kelly Stamps has. It's also the popularity. It's also Kelly Stamps going on a date. And I think these things, having designer clothes and shoes, having a, a partner, um, getting romantic attention, a lot of these things Black women don't find relatable. Normal things for everybody else. Going on dates is not like that big of a deal. But for some Black girls who are awkward and shy, the Kelly Stamps demographic, maybe that's not normal for them. Maybe it's not normal for them to get that kind of attention. And so they're confused when they see Kelly Stamps do it because... Now it's like just another example of all the ways that they failed as 20-somethings to figure it out. Yet another Black girl has moved on without them. They're watching the world pass them by during the pandemic and they just kind of feel left out. And so I think that jealousy really comes strong at Black women because we kind of feel like Black women don't deserve to have nice things, that they have to struggle and suffer to be relatable, to be someone that we can be down with. And I think that pressure kind of makes it difficult for Black girls to navigate. Like, you even see it with, like, Black female celebrities. With Like, for example, Megan Thee Stallion. The second Megan Thee Stallion became a, a cemented recording artist with multiple Grammys, and she got all this acknowledgement from super famous people like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj, suddenly she was no longer that relatable. She starts falling out with all her friends. All her friends don't want to really care, talk to her anymore. She still has some friends, but I'm just saying that some people who are a part of her crew from the beginning are no longer there. Um, she no longer has that homegirl feel, and now she has real people disliking her. A lot of people who used to like her music don't like her anymore. She was a relatable black girl. She was a homegirl. Now, granted, Megan was a bit different because she was marketing herself as a party girl, as like a hot girl, which is basically a really attractive woman, having a great time, being the life of the party. I can't relate to a Megan Thee Stallion, but a lot of Black women want to relate to her. Can't relate. But some people did relate to that. And so when they saw Megan, they were like, oh, yeah, we finally got a popular pretty Black girl. Yeah, woo-woo. But the second she got on, got famous, started making good money, switched up, now people don't relate to her. Now people are tired for music. Now people want something different. Now, don't get me wrong. Megan is kind of stale right now, but it's largely because... She marketed herself in a very specific way. And now she has to figure out how to rebrand herself as someone still relevant, but also connected to what her audience is experiencing. Because the party girl music is great, but we're in a pandemic, girl. Like, who is partying right now? And better yet, now you got a man, a rich man, a dude who, well, not rich, but you know, partisan is in the industry with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got a man now, you're not single, all this stuff. And, well... You're rich. So, I mean, half your friends not even friends with you no more. You feel like a different person. So I guess Megan is in the same position. You see what I'm saying? Like, she has to navigate now that she's no longer the cool down homegirl that they know from down the street. She's a rich, popular, successful black girl. Now her crew is probably going to switch up a little bit. And that means that maybe she's going to have to rebrand and figure out how to stay connected to her audience. Some of us are no longer in college. We're literally in jobs working full-time like hot girl wear I am getting a second degree I am going to a full-time job I am you know in a long-term relationship 
You know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> I think that Megan is eventually going to have to acknowledge this reality that her demographic that she started out with has grown up. And so has she. So as it pertains to the jealousy, I will say that the way female jealousy works is very interesting because sometimes with women, when they see you become successful, it's not always the external anger and resentment and them lashing out at you because that can happen. A woman who's jealous of you may try to actually ruin your life. Um, She may try to spread lies on you, set you up to get hurt. That's external. That's very physical. That's like, in a literal sense, she hates you and is very jealous and wants to ruin whatever it is that you have. That's good. But there's also a quiet jealousy that happens that I see sometimes on social media specifically. And it happens when you were doing well, but the second you start doing too well, the views start to drop because now you're no longer relatable. And what happens is some girls will intentionally avoid you. They'll avoid your content or they'll watch your content and they won't subscribe, you know, or or they'll watch it and they won't like it. They'll do little subtle things like that because they don't want to actually give you the credit that you deserve or show that you are someone to be paid attention to. And I know this sounds crazy, but this actually does happen on social media. There's, that's why there's so many women who will watch your Instagram story, but will never talk to you, who will never like your posts, who will never comment, love, and show support. They're just here to keep an eye on you. They're just here to see what you're doing. That's that female jealousy, that silent, conniving, quiet jealousy. And it can be problematic because these people don't mean you well. Some people just send negative energy your way. Just because you have something that they want or you're living a life that they think is better than their own life. It's a a sad reality, but it's true. That's why I said I'm glad that Jenna Brown just unfollowed Kelly Stamps. Because when you start to see a lot of hate follows, that's how you know you're successful. Everybody want to be successful. Everybody want to be famous on YouTube. But y'all don't understand. When you are like Kelly Stamps and you have 500,000 people following you, That's not all people who mean you well. A lot of those people are hate following you. And sometimes they're doing it in secret because they secretly are rooting for you to fall or rooting for you to fail. But they don't want to say that publicly. And sometimes that female jealousy means wishing somebody well in private, wishing someone well in public, but then in private talking badly about them. You know what I'm saying? Even if, like just in Kelly Stamps' case, she actually elevated Jenna Brown's video. She boosted Jenna Brown's video and supported her. So you think, you think, you think that Jenna Brown will be grateful. She wasn't. She said she was, but there was a deep resentment that started to grow because she knew that she was getting views and attention, but only because of Jenna, only because of the person that she admired most, the person who she could never be. And so um, I remember reading, what was it? 48 Laws of Power that mentioned this, that um, basically there was a rule in 48 Laws of Power saying that, you know, you want to not necessarily make friends with people. Like, you don't want to put your friends in positions of power or influence where they can cause you harm. Because sometimes what, what happens is you help people and they resent you for it later. And I think in 48 Laws of Power, it was saying to actually help your enemies and give your enemies a second chance because you can convert them into 
allies. But friends can be more dangerous than enemies because when you help a friend and you do a friend a favor, they may make you regret it later. And so I think that's the same thing that happened with Kelly Stamps is that she helped this black girl who was a much smaller creator because she liked her video and she wanted to show support. But that same girl doubled back and said, actually, I had to unsubscribe from you because you're too successful and I can't relate to that. See how that works? That female jealousy? See how that works? That's why you got to be careful who you boost and who you promote because not everybody means you well. You have no idea the quiet battles that people are fighting in their mind. And, you know, one thing, too, that I've noticed, which is always interesting, is that in the context of social media, and this is going to be very specific because I am a black woman, so I can speak to that. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and it's come up, but I don't want to talk about where it's come up. Just know it's come up. But um, the fact that a lot of times black women will do something and it's like covert narcissism, which is basically using this like veneer of altruism, kindness and goodness and and being selfless for others. You're using that veneer to hide your real intentions, which are very much selfish, selfish and could be dangerous. And the reason why I say this specifically is because as a black woman, I've seen jealousy manifest as social justice activism too. I've seen women who will try to cancel someone for something stupid because they don't like that that person has more followers and gets more attention than them. I have seen jealousy play out in so many different ways. It's very interesting to me because in my world, like I am fully aware that people can be jealous, but I don't really fully understand the links that people will go to to take somebody down who they feel is undeserving. But it happens. I know it happens. I just can't fathom it. But it does happen all the time. And with Black women specifically, I've seen the sort of ways that some women move where they will kind of usurp what it is that you're trying to do and claim it's an accident, knowing that they will profit from it. For example, I've seen people do things that are a gross violation of my privacy and are actually really like disrespectful, but they'll do it as if to say they're helping you. So for example, I had one time I was doing a live stream on TikTok and this person in the live stream, I had never seen them before. They admitted in the live stream that they were recording me. They were screen recording me and asking me very specific questions to help other people who didn't get a chance to see the live. And granted, this was before I had my Patreon, but I did say that I was going to start a Patreon and that I was going to put the live streams the like the recordings of the live streams that TikTok automatically does on the Patreon. The purpose of the Patreon is so that people who want to watch previous live streams, which are chock full of value and information, they can go back and watch them on their own time. It's a whole catalog of work. And I have a lot of work. I have a lot of work, y'all. Do understand This person did that intentionally. She was screen recording what I was saying and the value that I was giving to usurp and get around the paywall that I was trying to start up to protect myself. Did not even ask. Did not even ask. Didn't even ask if it was acceptable, if it was something I wanted. Because I, what if I didn't want that? What, What if I didn't consent to somebody like screen recording me? She did it without my permission. I almost blocked her ass. I didn't know how to respond to it because I was like, this is so ridiculous. And I remember thinking this is a sign that I need to start the Patreon because right now people are milking me 
for my time and my attention for free. And they know that they're doing it and they know that I have value. So what they're doing is they're coming to all my live streams and recording me and then sending it to other people. Knowing, and I had said it in the live stream, knowing what my intentions were. So if you ever wonder why I'm not doing as many TikTok live streams, that's why. You gonna pay me instead of getting around my shit you jealous asshole, you're going to have to pay me for my time, boo-boo. No more. I'm not giving up myself no more. I've done so much work. I was putting in the work other bitches wouldn't do. So best believe I'm going to start charging for my shit now. Too much time. And my shit finna be good because I'm doing some research and doing some reading. So by the time, if I come back to take, if I come back, if and when, it's going to be some well-researched shit. I've been planning on it. But it also means the shit may not be free. Just means that it may not be forever for everybody. Just mean just means it's gonna be pay, it's gonna be paywalls, it's gonna be safeguards, it's gonna be a lot of protection around my stuff now, because I ain't got time to waste. So that's just been one of my experiences. But people will do that kind of stuff. You see how that female jealousy is so sneaky and conniving. And they'll do it under the guise of, oh, I'm just trying to help and make it more accessible. And I'm just trying to do this. No, you weren't. A lot of people do this. And women are so good. Black women are so good at this. And as a black woman, I can admit, a lot of times the stuff that we do is not for the benefit of all. It's for our own benefit. And it's for selfish intentions. It's not necessarily selfish. Selfless. And the jealousy we have for other black women, my goodness, but we will mistake, well, we will try to disguise it as something else. For example, I will see, and I have seen this happen before, where a black woman will post something and she looks super nice in a dress with her man. And a woman will say, well, I'm just looking out for you, sis. I don't think you should post him or I don't think you should tell us all your business or this or that and the third. And they will say in the comments that I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to look out for you. No, you're not. You're wishing that girl ill intent. You're wishing that girl evil. You are jealous of the fact that she looks pretty and she has a partner and she seems to be happy. And you are in a moment of insecurity making it about you. If a woman is posting her engagement, if she's posting her engagement ring, that is not the time for you to warn her about how bad men can be because your man ran off with some other bitch. That's not her problem. But that's the kind of stuff that jealous women will do because they are threatened by another random woman's happiness. And the only way they feel like you can bond or relate is through struggle, through suffering. Seriously. Seriously. And I know y'all don't believe me, but it's true. A lot of times black women are trauma bonding with each other. Because if you don't have trauma, struggle, and suffering, if you don't have abuse to compare with each other, then what do you have in common? Some of you are quite literally only bonding over your hatred of black men or of what of the abuse that you've gone through or of the hatred of white people and how they make you feel some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of you just literally bond over the hatred or exclusion of other people because you are so unhappy with your life. But if you were to name the positive attributes of your black female relationships, could you name one? What would happen if your friend upset the dynamic and she got a better job and she got a man and she gets engaged and was happy? Would you be happy for her or would you be secretly comparing yourself to her? And that's the reality. That's the dark side of being a woman. And so when I saw Jenna talking about this, I'm like so glad 
that she said something because this is a real thing. Now, granted, this happened with Kelly Stamps and Jenna don't even know Kelly. But this also happens with black women every day. Women that you know you went to school with, you're friends with, you're related to. And what's so interesting was to see all of the black women who were like, I don't do that. You're just insecure. There were black women who were coming for Jenna Brown for saying that she unsubscribed because she did not feel comfortable hate watching another black woman's content. It was bad energy and bad vibes. There were so many black women. Ah, that's not me. That's a personal problem. See, she don't make me uncomfortable. No, 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 no. See, no, 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 no. You need to, all the black women who are dragging Jenna need to sit the F down because y'all have no self-awareness. What she was saying was what a lot of y'all should have been saying. She was saying the truth, which is that a lot of y'all are jealous and vindictive and hateful. The second you see somebody else with something that you want, it's different. Maybe you don't want what Kelly Stamps got. Kelly Stamps making five figures on YouTube. But let her get a good black man. Let her get a let her get a good black boyfriend who treat her right and get her put a ring on her finger. Let a good black man come into her life and give her some roses and flowers and attention and do all this public stuff for her. Y'all will switch up your tune in a second. Then it's gonna be like, well, she not all that. Well, he probably cheating on her. Or oh, this, that, and the third. That's how y'all are. I see it every day. So don't sit here and cape on this internet or cap on this internet about what you don't and do, what you do and don't do. Like, no, I see it every day. A lot of y'all are guilty of this. You just don't want to admit to it because you want to feel superior in this situation. But I guarantee you, let it be another girl. Let it be another girl. But at the root of this, at the root of this is the fact that what I saw was Sorry, my cat is like hollering in the background and he needs to relax because he will get kicked out today. What I have realized is one of the roots of all of this is that a lot of times when you're a black woman and you're more public, sometimes people attach themselves to you because they see themselves in you. And I think this is specific to POC or women of color because when we see a black woman doing it big, we all feel like we're winning. We all feel like, oh, look at that. She's great. That's great. You know, your success is my success. And that sounds great at first, but when you realize that sometimes people get over-invested into you because they see themselves in you, it can become a problem because they take a lot of stuff that happens way too seriously at that point. Does that make sense? And I noticed this because a lot of times I, as a Black woman, have been attacked by other Black women because they don't feel like I'm representing them well. They don't care what I'm saying. They don't care what my message is. They don't care the work that I'm doing. They don't care about the stuff I'm talking about. All they care about is you in a bonnet. So you you a mammy. Don't even know what the word mammy means. Have no idea. No clue. Because they don't listen to anything. But they see a black girl who's dark skinned like me in a bonnet. And they think, oh, you misrepresenting us. Ma'am, just because I'm a black woman does not mean I represent all black women. I represent myself. But what happens is they see themselves in me just because I'm a dark-skinned Black woman and they automatically step way too far. They overstep their boundaries. They overstep their boundaries. And that's where I get into a lot of the issues with some of the hypergamy and femininity girls because they think every single Black woman who has a platform, who has a voice, who is someone that people actually care about, has to represent their specific interests. And that's not what I'm here to do. 
Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll wear a dress and I'll do whatever. That's, that's, that's my choice. But when you overly invest in the image of other black people, because they, you basically like they remind you of yourself, that's when you begin to overstep. You get too familiar, you get too comfortable, and you start having a lot of contempt. That familiarity that y'all have with black content creators that you don't even really know, right? Because you're, you're both black women, you're both dark skinned, so that must mean something. That breeds contempt. Y'all have so much contempt for other black women and so much jealousy and hatred for us for just existing. But the white content creators who have way more than us come from places of privilege, y'all don't feel the same way. Because y'all don't have that same level of familiarity. So you don't step to them that same type of way. You don't step to them the way that you step to other Black female content creators. Certainly not the ones that you feel are doing better than you. Certainly not the ones that you feel are prettier than you or what have you. And that's where the jealousy comes in. It's a lot of contempt as well. So anyway, um, my whole point is this. I wish that some of the people who were coming for Jenna Brown could show some compassion and some self-awareness because I, as a black woman, have experienced a lot of the stuff I'm telling y'all about. I've been, been the jealous woman who trauma bonded with other black women and couldn't really be happy for them when they were moving on in life because I felt that they were leaving me behind. I've been the black woman who was jealous and insecure, who didn't like my own life and wanted other people to suffer with me because I thought that that was the only way to keep them around. The second they started to do better, I started getting nervous because I'm thinking they're going to leave me. They're going to move on to bigger and better things. And so that was the byproduct of me trauma bonding. I've been the person who was using supposedly selfless um, motivations, trying to help other people as a disguise for what I was really trying to do. And some of my motivations were not as pure as I was trying to make them seem. And I thought I was hidden. I thought that nobody could see past what I was doing and see to the heart of my intentions, but some people did. So I've been there. I've seen it. But I also see it in a lot of other Black women too. And that's why I'm like, y'all need to be grateful. You need to be saying thank you, Jenna, for your honesty. Because she probably not the only one. And it's sad that this also the same girl that Kelly Stamps was trying to support and boosted her video, whatever. But hey, sometimes it be the ones you try to help that resent you for it. So, hey, I know that's very Machiavellian, but it's true. It's the way, it's the world we live in. I've seen the lengths that Black women will go to to hurt another Black woman that they think has more than them or whatever. That's how I know y'all lying. I've been on social media long enough to see behind the facade that y'all put on no, y'all can be hateful and spiteful and jealous just like anybody else. So my hope is that people listen to this and really process what I'm saying and really do some self-reflection about how jealousy manifests in your life and what your relationship is to some of these relatable Black girl content creators. Because some of y'all are developing parasocial relationships with these people and you need to take a step back. Like take five steps back. You do not know these people do not overinvest into random internet personalities that you do not know. You do not know these people. You don't know me. Take five steps back. I am sharing relatable content that I feel like will help a lot of people. And maybe in a way I am one of those, you know, quote unquote, relatable black girls. But even I have limitations. I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. And I appreciate y'all's support. But just remember, 
Those parasocial relationships can be very toxic and harmful to you as a viewer and as a listener. Do some self-reflection on this. It'll help. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I appreciate you so much for your support. Sorry about Ice in the background. There's not much I can do. He's like a little toddler. I just kind of let him do his thing because there's no stopping a cat. When he wants to do something, he'll just do it. So I don't even bother editing editing him out anymore. I just let it happen. (laughs) But anyway, all right. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.